Happy New Year and welcome to 2024. This is the Old School Saturday edition of Be Kind Rewind. Today I am dusting off mine and Disney Girls review of the 1959 classic, The Shaggy Dog, and I hope y'all enjoy. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, Green estate in the land of the free. Raised in the woods so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett. comes that shaggy dog again in Walt Disney's new motion picture. Get him! That shaggy dog just stole my car! Follow that dog. It's the funniest adventure that ever happened to anyone. See Fred McMurray and Gene Hagen in Walt Disney's new motion picture, The Shaggy Dog. It will play in a theater near you. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney movie podcast. I am Dan Teets, and as you can tell by the theme music that started the show, we are not covering Loki tonight. We are actually back to talk about the Shaggy Dog. So we are back kind of on normal track for a little bit, and Icky is still on hiatus, so I have with me the original Disney girl, and she has bequeathed us with the honor of coming on to discuss this movie. So thank you for coming on. You're welcome. I'm very glad and excited to do this. This is my first podcast, so I hope it's um uh hope hope there's many more to come. I want to be just like you, Dan. Well, hey, if if what you were saying right before we started is any indication, this will not be the last time that that you're on here. Awesome. So, for the people that don't know you, why don't we give them your Disney origin story? Where did how what got you involved in Disney? Uh, well, we moved to Florida about 10 years ago and about three, maybe four years ago, my husband decided that we were going to do a family trip and we were going to go tent camping at Fort Wilderness hmm. in July. Let me repeat, tent camping in July. So when he figured out when he figured out what it was going to cost for a family of five to be able to go to you know four parks. Then he looked, um, he compared that to the price of a annual pass. We became annual pass holders and we uh, are Florida residents, so we get that discount and we're at the gold level. So there are about 10 to 12 days over Christmas and New Year's that we don't go and then about 10 days in the spring, um, that's their spring break. But even during those times, I could go to Disney and enjoy myself 
without even having to go into the parks. So um, I just started going and I just fell in love with the nostalgia of it. And I love pin trading. I call myself the Disney girl, D-I-Z-Z-N-E-Y. And I do have a channel, but there's not a lot of things on there. So I'm eventually going to, you know, I kind of want to to uh, improve on that. I live in Fort Myers, and I am a special education teacher in Fort Myers. And I've been teaching for about 24, 25 years. And the first part of my teaching, I did, I taught theater and um music and dance because my uh, degrees and what I went to college for originally was for musical theater. So I am very dramatic if you've seen some of my videos that I post on Facebook. And um, you're Dan Teets and I'm Stacy Rolligan. That's that's my name, Stacy Rolligan. But I like to be known as the Disney girl. Yeah, and with... Question? That definitely answers the question. And at the end of the night, we will tell people how they can find you on YouTube or wherever it is that you are doing TikTok videos or whatever. So yeah, step it up. I have to step it up now. <laughs> All right. Well, back to the show. This is the Shaggy Dog. It was originally released. The Wikipedia is up. It was originally released March the 19th, 1959, and it made $9 million for the original release, which is roughly $83 million in today's money. So that's a pretty good chunk of change, especially when we've been comparing it to the movies, if there are any movies nowadays, which aren't yeah. making. So was this... Obviously, with you being a Disney fanatic, this was not your first time watching. Is that correct? Well, actually, it was. Oh, my. I, I wish I had time to just sit and watch all the Disney movies. In fact, I started <laughs> trying to do Disney through the decades, and I was listening to your podcast, and then I got to Dumbo. So that's like way, way back. And I wanted to watch it, but then any single time I was ready to watch it, I wasn't in the mood to watch a sad movie. So I'm at Disney through the decades with Dumbo, and um, I didn't see the Shaggy Dog, and I was actually surprised that it was in black and white. But um, I just have to say that the the song at the beginning was like so groovy. I loved it. Yeah, and and I actually I call myself remembering this movie, but like you, I thought it was color. So I don't know if I caught it on a Wonderful World of Disney rerun where they most modern, well, quote-unquote modern movies, they take a black-and-white movie and make it color so that way the kids will want to watch it. But I was like, for some reason, I had never seen the original black-and-white version of this. So it was it was different, but at the same time, I kind of knew what was going to happen. And then I could also have been remembering the Shaggy DA, which is about 20 years later which was actually in color, but I don't know. This this is, with having a five-month-old, things kind of get foggy after 15 minutes of watching. <laughs> so, all right. So, we begin the movie being introduced, first of all, to Wilson Daniel, a man who hates dogs. 
He sits down to breakfast and is angered that there's a dog being presented with a medal for saving a baby from a burning building. His wife says the reason that he doesn't like dogs is because they sometimes realize that mailmen bring bad news. Wilby's not at breakfast because he had something to do with a missile interceptor. And just then, the house shakes because Wilby, who happens to be one of the boys from Old Yeller, has started a launch of a rocket from the basement. And the other boy from Old Yeller has everybody evacuate the house. Wilby's later advised that he needs to dismantle his workshop. But then his best friend Buzz pulls up and he and Allison, who is played by Annette Funicello, are about to go on a date as Wilby falls off the roof. Buzz and Wilby get into a discussion about dating Allison just as a moving truck pulls up with a girl sitting in the front seat of a car and a Bratislava sheepdog in the back. And Wilson's wife gives Wilson the deal details on the neighbors. The dog runs to Wilby and they go and take him back to the neighbors, leaving Allison to storm back into their house, into her house. They introduce themselves to Francesca who's the girl that was riding the front seat of the car, who brings them into the into her house and gives them a brief tour. Somehow, her father has a painting of Lucretia Borgia, who is said to have dabbled in black magic during the Middle Ages, and there is a dog sitting at her feet in the painting that looks mysteriously like uh, the dog that had run off. The trio takes some artifacts to the museum, where Buzz and Francesca lose Wilby. Wilby stumbles into a room where Professor Plumcut is working on a display of the Borgia and he tells them about knowing about shape and he tells Wilby about knowing about shape shape shifting and gives them the basic details. So we cut back to Buzz and Francesca pulling up at her house and Buzz passes Wilby and then we go to Wilby's basement where he's putting stuff away and he sees a ring in his pants cuff and of course this is the magic ring that causes transformations because he starts to say the magic words in canis corpore transmuto and he puts the ring on his finger as he begins to sing the magic words and all of a sudden surprise surprise he starts to change into a dog and the dog the dog which happens to be next door's name is chiffon and it disappears from where it's laying and we see that Wilby's changed completely into him. So Wilby or Chiffon or whatever we're going to call him decides to go see Plumcut. And so he sneaks out a win window. And Plumcut believes him and tells him that he doesn't know how to reverse the spell. And that spell could come and go or it could stay there forever. And Plumcut tells Wilby about the Hound of Florence, which is the book that this movie was meant was named was based on. So it was kind of cool to actually have it all tied in and that he could change back because of heroism. So Wilby walks by a cop and apologizes for bumping into him, which makes the cop think, think that he's losing his mind. And somehow Wilby gets inside and changes into his pajamas and brushes his teeth and gargles and climbs into bed. So the next morning, Wilson comes out and gets the paper and calls the boys down to breakfast. And Moochie tells Wilby about a weird dream, which turns out to be true because it's the fact that Wilby is now a dog, which is Moochie's 
um, best deal because he's always wanted a dog for his entire life. So Wilson comes up and tells the boys that he wants them to get up. And Moochie covers Wilby with his covers. And Wilson comes back down and starts to complain about having allergic symptoms from the dog. And thinks that his wife and Moochie have ganged up on him and gotten Moochie a dog. So somehow Wilby sneaks downstairs having shed his PJs. And goes to the kitchen where Frida, who's the wife, spots him and tells him to get out. Wilson grabs his shotgun, chases him off, and runs back. And uh, Wilby runs back to Francesca. Meanwhile, a Mr. Thurm shows up as Wilby gets fed dog food. And Stefano locks Wilby in a closet, but Wilby changes back into himself. And Chiffon comes back to where he was, which was on the couch. And Wilby somehow takes the door off the hinges and leaves and drops the screwdriver that he had used to actually um, take the door off the hinges. And Chiffon grabs the screwdriver just as Stefano comes out, thus causing Stefano to think that he's losing his mind. So while all of this is going on, Mochi's out looking for Wilby as a dog with a dog collar when Wilby the boy walks up and the boys go back in for dinner. And Frida asks Wilby to go ask a girl to the dance. And Buzz shows up just then and tells him that he had inadvertently asked two girls to the dance and wants Wilby to make it a foursome so none of the girls will feel awkward. And he somehow finagles it so that both girls sit in the front with him. And Buzz asks Allison to dance the first dance with him. And Francesca dances the first part of the second dance with him and the girls tag back and forth for the rest of the dance. During the next dance, Wilby begins to change back into the dog. And Moochie somehow sneaks Wilby out of the dance. But Francesca catches a glimpse of the dog. And Wilby somehow escapes the dance without a suit. And he calls his parents from a payphone. And a cop from earlier sees him using it. And Buzz blames the whole two girls dance incident on Wilby. And he's about to make a move on Francesca when Wilby barks and growls and eventually sits down between them. Wilby attacks Buzz and Buzz is forced to leave. And Francesca asks her father to watch Chiffon or Wilby. And Wilby overhears something about an underwater hydrogen missile and tries to leave but gets stopped by Francesca's dad who locks him in the library and goes to sleep. Wilby gets into the bathroom, slides down a laundry chute, and somehow manages to get a ladder to the window and is about to escape when the ladder falls. Uh, the next morning, Wilson comes home, catches Moochie reading How to Train a Dog behind an Uncle Scrooge comic, and declares that there will never be a dog in his house. Wilby finally escapes from the laundry room and tells Moochie about the plan that Francesca's dad is in on. And Moochie runs, tells his dad about the plan, but his dad doesn't believe him. Wilby goes in and begins to talk to his dad and shakes his hand with his paw and Wilson faints. Wilby and Moochie go to the cops, which happens to be the ones that had seen Wilby as the dog. And of course, they don't believe him either. And 2 o'clock comes and Stefano catches Wilby. Moochie comes and gets his dad and they go off to tell somebody. And the authorities don't believe 
the dad story until he mentions 32. Section 32, I'm sorry. And then Wilson is sent to see a psychiatrist while the authorities go to look into the claim. Meanwhile, back at Stefan or at Francesca's house, Stefano and her dad discuss how to get away when Wilby changes back. They catch him and tie him up in, in the father's dressing room. And Wilson and Moochie are somehow being questioned by the authorities. And Moochie denies everything so that he can go check on Wilby. Stefano, Francesca's dad, and the insider gather in the study as Wilby listens in from the dressing room. Francesca walks in and is, be, and tells, and is being told that they will be leaving that night. She refuses and is forced into a car with the rest of the spies. And Moochie pulls up in front of the house and runs across the street. And Wilby begins to change back into the dog and escapes from the rope. And he jumps into Buzz's car and is spotted by the cop. Now, this causes a car chase as Wilby's chasing the spies. The, car, the cops are chasing Wilby. And Hanson, who is the cop that's seen everything, finally catches up to Wilby and they pull him over, only to have Wilby escape and get in the cop car. And then Hanson and his partner get in, get in Buzz's car, and they take off after the spy. And Hanson gets pulled over by another officer, and he talks the other officer into going after the dog. So the spies reach the deck, or reach the dock, and the dog gets there just as they're about to cast off. And Wilby the dog jumps on the boat and a scuffle ensues, which ends up with Francesca getting knocked overboard. Wilby jumps in after her and drags her back to the shore. And the cops make it there and call for the harbor patrol to stop the boat. Wilby attacks Buzz as he tries to take credit for it. And Wilson ends up getting arrested. And Wilby turns back into a boy and Chiffon shows up just in time to be loved on by Francesca. So the next morning we see several headlines pop up. And Wilson is shown love and launch Chiffon as he has pictures taken with. Buzz and Wilby walk off and wave at Allison just as another hot rod pulls up. And Allison comments that Buzz and Wilby are a couple of neighborhood children and that the guy that she got in the car with is a real man. And we cut back to the living room where Moochie says, I finally got a dog. To which Rilson responds, we've got a dog. And that is the end of the movie. So, since this was your first time watching the movie, let me get your initial thoughts. What did you think about it other than the groovy intro? I thought it was um, very cute. I liked it. I It wasn't predictable, meaning that I've seen a lot of Disney movies or I've seen movies <laughs> and I try to think, oh, this is probably going to happen. This is going to happen. And... It, it wasn't predictable for me in that way. So I was actually able to watch it and just enjoy the story and not be taken away by, oh, this is going to happen. That's going to happen next. So uh, and I I like the fact that it was black and white. You know, I like shows like, um, you know, the Donna Reed show and Father Knows Best and all of those, even the um, – uh, Fred McMurray in the, I believe it's My Three Sons, yes. in the, the black and white versions there. So I, I just really um, enjoyed it. It was 
interesting though, um, and we'll get into the questions coming up here, but when I tried to look at the questions and look at the movie, I actually had to kind of like think and really kind of like ponder how would this, the today's impact of this movie, because um, it's got some interesting things in it, but it, it's it's not right on the surface. Like I kind of had to dig in to what they were talking about and I'll, it'll it'll become more clear what I'm thinking <laughs> later. But it was one of those movies where the first time after I watched it, I was like, what? How am I going to answer these questions? What? What? <laughs> but I, I think I came up with some um, some interesting little things. But I thought it was a really good movie. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, yeah. And see, the, the thing with a question, it kind of throws you especially when you're dealing with something like the nature documentaries that Icky and I have been shall we say slogging through <laughs> because because they can put you to sleep with the music and with just watching nature and all that it is and then you're like oh well I was supposed to be watching it for something and you don't really see anything so you have to bring yourself back yeah now when you talk about nature when you guys did the podcast on fantasia i was totally no i love fantasia and fantasia too because i use those movies all the time when i was teaching elementary music Hmm. and when you guys were doing that in my car, I was like answering you back. No, that it means this, it means that. So if you're ever in the mood <laughs> to kind of like you know recap that, um, I would love to be a part of that. And I don't know if it's just because of my background or maybe if I'm a woman. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I will go ahead and pencil you in to cover Fantasia 2000 when we get to that in like 35 years. Okay, great, great. <laughs> So the the movie itself, it you said it wasn't predictable, and maybe that was because you hadn't before. I yeah. kind of knew where it was going, but at the same time, it threw me for a loop because I wasn't expecting the Russian spy angle. Yeah. So, I mean, once I saw the dog in the picture, I'm like, okay, this is how this is going to go. Uh. And... and I was trying to figure out where it was going before it went there. And so a couple of times I had to rewind because I was like, wait, I just missed something that was really important because I'm trying to play chess with the movie, so to speak, and go three steps ahead of it. So the my Icky and I always play The Whole World is Connected. And I don't know if we've... I don't know if you've caught up to those where because well I know you haven't because it's only Dumbo that yeah. you're on. Sorry. No, hey, you're fine. The the fact that you're listening to them makes me know that we've got at least two listeners out there. So <laughs> but the the two boys played two brothers in one of the most gut-wrenching movies ever known to man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that one was. That was Old Yeller. Ah, okay. I haven't seen that one yet. <sighs> don't. don't. I, I, I know it has a good message, but that was one that my wife actually told me, well, you're going to have to watch this on your own. And <laughs> Icky 
originally was going to do that one with me, but then life got in the way, and I actually found someone who loved that movie. So I'm like, well, fine, you come in and do this one. Because I've watched the movie twice, I've bawled my eyeballs out twice, twice is enough. And when Thompson gets old enough to watch movies, he's not going to be subjected to Okay. Now like, you got me curious. That was not the intention of it. Just okay. listen Just listen to the podcast and enjoy it, and that's all that you have to okay. do. I, I, I'm just glad this, that this podcast is not sponsored by Disney, or I might be getting beat over the head by it for telling <laughs> people not to watch specific movies. But the fact that they had these two boys that played brothers in another Disney movie come back and play brothers in this movie and they aren't related at all kind of made things move a little bit easier and the fact that just like in old yeller the younger boy wanted a dog and unlike in old yeller the dad was actually not wanting a dog because he broke out in hives i don't even i think they would call that he had a episode in today's politically correct jargon but it's the the fact that once the movie ended and the dad was basically loving the dog regardless of the fact that he hated dogs ten minutes mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. It, it was kind of a Disney, we're going to turn this one around and just end it now. That's what I would think. You're talking Shaggy Dog. Yes, we are talking Shaggy Dog. Yes, we are talking Shaggy Dog. I'm sorry. For for those of you who are listening at home, I'm not talking about Old Yeller. Because Fess Parker basically wanted the boys to have a dog. Especially when they're living in the Old West. Oh, yes. That that was their way to defend it when he goes out on the cattle drives. Or the quote-unquote cattle drives. We don't know what was happening for three or four. But we won't get into that because it's not that kind of podcast. Okay. But, yeah, the... When I saw the dog in the painting, I was like, okay, I know where this is going, and how are they going to get there? And then, oh yeah, this, and and it it all comes down to that little ring, that little little orphan Annie decoder ring was what it basically yes. looked like. And how a kid that... The cuff of his trousers, not his jeans, not his pants, but I think it said in the cuff, it was found in the cuff of his trousers. Yes, which is another That's... thing that today kids will be like, What's trousers? Yeah, exactly. But then you had the love triangle going on with Moochie and Annette Funicello, which I think this was the first movie that she had actually... Moochie, wasn't that... That was the little brother. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Moochie was the... Moochie was the little brother. I'm trying to remember what was my copious note. Wilby is the one that becomes... uh... The dog, but I forget the the name of his best friend that drove the car. Buzz. Buzz, yes. Which is interesting that 45 years later, there is another famous Buzz Disney pantheon of movies. Did you like how, when you're speaking of Buzz, whenever he would like leave and try to be all fancy and stuff like that, driving the car, it's like they sped up the camera. To make it look like, did you notice that? I did not notice that. To me, it looked like like when he drove out to kind of, and then did like, and, you know, kind of swerve around. It looked like they sped up the camera to kind of, you know, put that little shot in there. So, you know, Buzz Lightyear buzzing around. Yeah. They may have. I, I, 
I haven't seen any behind the footage of this, so that may have been something that they did just to make it. And the and the fact that he would actually drive his car from one side of the street, make a Yui in the middle, just that way he could drop off the other girl at the other side of the street. It was like, yeah. Obviously, we don't have gas problems in night because yeah. it it takes more gas to start up your car and drive that little bit. Mm. <sighs> buzz, buzz, but. Um, the question. Yeah, this was this was a Net Funicello's first Disney movie that I can remember her being in. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she was she was the love interest before the next door neighbor show. She she always has the same that same basic hairstyle. Though. Yeah, I'm like Annette. Let's just like let's do something different. You want to like you know grow it out or something? You know, have that little. It wasn't an afro, but just like the short, curly hair. And actually looking at her filmography, this was actually her first movie. Oh, okay. So Disney knew they had a good thing when they saw her because she was part of the Mickey Mouse Club around this time, too. Yep. So, I mean, as soon as I saw Annette Funicello, I was like, all right, this is this is where Disney kicks in. Yeah. Because this and the movie that we're going to discussed next week which will be recorded at a later date that you and i know but i'm not going to let in let the people know about are two opposite ends of the spectrum because oh yes darby o'gill you had sean connery Mm -hmm. which i had no clue that he actually did a disney movie prior to seeing his picture on the disney plus for this i was like Wait, is that? Then I did a quick IMDb. I'm like, yep, that's Sean Connery. He's the only recognizable name in the entire movie mm-hmm. nowadays. Oh, excuse me, Sir Sean Connery. I don't want to get, I don't want to get the Queen of England down on my throat about calling him by his incorrect. But, Dan, Dan, you know how I'm into Disney. Yes. Well, my husband just came in and showed me on his cell phone that they are doing live fireworks at the castle. It's July 1st. Ooh. So, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to digress with that. No, hey, you're fine. I, I, have, I have no problems with that. Since it's, since it's a Disney podcast, anything Disney-related is totally good to be. So yeah. are, you're going back down down there this weekend or – is that, no, is that no, what we're, we're actually we're we're going up to West Virginia to visit family. Uh, we used to go to Disney twice a month, but now just with job and work and just life, uh, we do uh, monthly trips. Oh, so okay. we'll be back there um, at the end of July, the weekend right before I go back to school. So we'll be able to see the fireworks there, and I know I'm gonna cry and get chills. Yeah, the the Disney fireworks are hands down the best fireworks anywhere. I mean, they even they put what goes on in New York in my opinion. Oh yeah. And I'm I'm just I'm just glad that the parks are back open to be able to experience them for people that can get down there as often. Yeah. Well, uh so what did you think about the actual transformation of Wilby into The trans transformation um i thought it was how do i want to say it was it wasn't like super duper 
like really cool, like, oh, wow, wow. It kind of looked like, okay, let's put some fake fur here, some fake fur there, you know, <laughs> as far as, you know, and then that, like the, the nose, you know, I mean, it was definitely fit in with the time, you know? So uh, it was, it was just, it was kind of kooky, as I would say, just because, you know, you look at all the interesting things that Disney does now with animation and then, you know, you just with all the detail. And then even when you look at some of the movies like, you know, Mary Poppins comes to mind where it's animation mixed with live people and everything. I mean, this was like, like very, very raw bare bones beginnings of stuff so it was a little kooky but it kind of fit the time if if it was a movie that was made now and they did that i would be like what the heck is disney doing <laughs> you know um but it, I, I thought it was cute you know i thought it was um you know uh i i thought it was fun yeah it was and and you're right. This movie is five years ahead of Mary Poppins, so it was kind of like Disney was trying to stretch their wings and see what they could do that would put them ahead of other markets. Because mm-hmm. I mean, with the I mean, the only thing that actually comes to mind that kind of is in that same vein is the old timey werewolf yeah yeah because you don't you see the transformation and i'm even thinking about teen wolf which is 25 25 years in the future from this probably more than that and they were still doing that kind of well a piece of fur here a piece of fur there so it's like they saw what Disney was doing and they thought, well, that works. So let's go ahead and keep doing it until somebody comes along with better prosthetics and things like that. Well, something when you were, when you were talking about that, what came to mind, um, cause I had mentioned Mary Poppins and animation. Did you notice the little cartoon at the beginning and how it was kind of like that? It reminded me of like Gumby, like kind of stop animation, mm-hmm. you know, where it wasn't smooth. It was kind of, uh, do you know what I mean when I'm, yeah. I'm talking about the, the Gumby where it's, it's kind of like it moves and it's short, like quick little things. But I loved it. That was for me very refreshing. I was like, oh, that's so cool, you know. And so sometimes I think it's it's nice to see, you know, when things uh, first start out. Yeah. You know, some people that might drive them crazy to go, oh, my gosh, that's so like old school, old, <laughs> old, old school. How's Disney doing that? But I loved it. I thought it was very, uh, very clever, you know. But once again, we are also talking about something that's 60 plus years old. And yeah. this kind of ties into the into the questions because you you think about the animation style that they had back then. And you've had stop stop motion animation, which is your Gumby, your I think that's probably the only stop motion animation, and I don't even know when that actually started. David and Goliath. There was a cartoon, okay. David and Goliath, 
Okay. But with those two, that's, I mean, that was the style. And then everything else, I don't, I mean, you had the Flintstones didn't come along until 10 years after, I don't think. I'm getting ready to actually start watching that with Thompson on HBO Max. And no, this is not a plug for HBO Max, but it's got some of the old TV shows that I grew up with actually on there. So it's going to be fun to actually start watching those with him and his reaction. But the animation styles that Disney actually had started is still showing because they're trying to be cutting edge. Yeah. Is there anything else? Oh, one other thing. Since we brought up the spy ring twist to it. Yeah. What did you think of how Wilby slash Chiffon always escaped from wherever Stefano put him? Um, I thought I thought it was cool that 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 happened, and I kept waiting to see like are they gonna see him disappear like mm-hmm. right before their eyes? That's what kept in my in in my mind. I was like, oh, is there gonna be a scene where he's in the dog bed and then all of a sudden he disappears and you know Stefan is sitting there you know looking and it happens right mm-hmm. in front of him. You know that never. That never happened. So I, I thought that was, uh, I thought it was neat. I mean, you have the reaction of like, you know, when he uh, came through the, you know, he broke the door and he had the screwdriver and then, you know, the <laughs> chiffon comes back and sees the door there and the little screwdriver. And so, you know, those were always fun little, um, you know, fun little moments. Yeah. And it, and it, and it kind of made Stefano think, am I losing my mind with, Exactly, yeah. With what's going on, because I locked him in the closet. Mm-hmm. Somehow he got out, unbolted it, and now he's got a screwdriver. Did he use his mouth? How did he get out? It was funny how every time it was like a one-upsmanship without being a one-upsmanship. Yeah. It was interesting when you mentioned the spies. What caught me off guard was that Stefan was in it the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, am I saying Stefan was the butler, right? Yes. Yeah, and that he was in it the whole time, and I like, you know, it just that that just kind of surprised me mm-hmm. there. That, but that, I want. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. The the person that was at the museum, I really really liked that character. Mm-hmm. He kind of reminded me. I don't think it was the same actor, but he just his character and his mannerisms reminded me of the oh i think his name is uncle something the one that does the i love to laugh song in mary poppins fred Wynn is who you were talking about that is not the same guy i i literally had the same thought about and but i but it was it was his whole personality and how he was just like Mm -hmm. oh yeah really well i believe that you know and i wanted to see more of him I wanted to, I don't know. I just like I wanted to have him come back in, mm-hmm. you know, into the movie. And when when he was in there and he was looking at all the kind of weird displays, I wanted the movie to be brighter. Now maybe they did that because you know they didn't want to have shock value there, but it almost looked like like someone was cutting off somebody's head. And I was like, oh, I want to see that. So I wanted the the screen lighting to be brighter but i'm sure they did that to make it more mysterious 
And I'm just like, oh, I, w- I want to like actually look. I forget what it's called. I I, I won't say it right. Bourget or the Bourg- the bourgeois. The bourgeois. I actually want to like find out more about them because it was just it was just very interesting. So, um, do you think that maybe they kept it? kind of in the dark, literally, maybe even figuratively a little bit, um, because of the time when the movie came out and that that would have been, like, too shocking for the audience in some ways? That would that would have been my inclination, because like you, when, they, when he went into that room and started looking around, I actually think I was reading a book on the board... The, no, I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. That family... Or I was, it was either that or I was watching a TV show that was covering them. And I was like, and, and my ears perked up when I heard him talk about it. And so I rewound it and I was starting to look and it was, and the, the fact that the, there was so many, there definitely would have been a shock value if you would have had him flip on the light to actually show the entire. Ex- yeah. And I, I wanted to see it. (laughs) Well, now that Disney is making all of these live action remakes, maybe they will give us a behind of that. Because I mean, it can't do any worse than Upward or Onward, which didn't make. I haven't seen seen that one, but uh, I haven't. I haven't either, but. That movie actually hit like a week started. So mm-hmm. literally it got no theaters were watching it because nobody was allowed to go anywhere during yeah. that time. So, I mean, and, and the fact that I think Cruella is actually doing well, we actually... Not one yet either. I'm just behind the times, man. Well, we actually bought that one on the premiere access for, well, I say we bought it. One of our, one of Grayson's her sister bought it and since it was on ours we get access to it until they shut it off so that we're probably going to be doing a jump to modern with that one just like we did with the safety movie which was i think one of the last live action ones that was released back last year so what movie was that well, that was safety. It was the true story of the Clemson um, football player. Oh, safety. Okay. Uh, you're talking football. When you said safety, yeah. I was like, safety? Stranger danger safety? <laughs> not not that kind of safety. We're not talking that kind of... <laughs> Okay. Well, since we aren't... Since this is not the safety podcast, which you can find that one on... Be kind, rewind. You can go back and search, and you can search for Cruella when I do cover that. Let's get down to the reason why I asked you on. Okay. The questions. I can't wait, I can't wait to share. Well, we appreciate you coming on, cause cause things are crazy with Icky, and things are crazy right now with me. So just being able to talk to someone that watches Disney classic movies makes me a li- makes me happy. So, we have three questions that we always ask. The first one is, what is today's impact of the movie? Shall shall I go first? Yes. Okay. Um, And this, first of all, this is what I wrote down. How society reacts when things are different. And I wrote down the word prejudice, and then I wrote down not believing things. And you can take that wherever you want to take it. You could take it 
politically. You could take it to the election. You could take it to the Antifa, the Black Lives Matter. You could take it to scandals with Biden and Hunter and just, I mean, everything. And then with the prejudice, with all the stuff that's coming out with, um, uh, no pun intended, coming out with, uh, you know, everything with LBTGQ plus XYZ, ABC. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, that's what came at first. It was, it was prejudice that came out because, um, he was prejudiced against the dog. And if you look in today's society, you know, some people say, uh, that, you know, things are worse now in some respects than they were at certain times with the civil rights, you know, back in the sixties. It's, it's a different type of thing, but there definitely is is prejudice, prejudicenessness. I don't know if that's a word, but, um, we'll make it a word tonight. Yeah. I decided to go with prejudice instead of racist because that word is just totally overused. So we're going with prejudice, um, with everything. I mean, that's kind of why I think, you know, our, our country's going, you know, just down the tubes in ways that are, are very sad, but, you know, being prejudiced, you know, dad was prejudiced against dogs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now he probably did not have, you know, he did not have a good experience with dogs, but that doesn't mean that dogs are bad. All right. Just like there are certain people that like, uh, certain people that maybe don't have a good experience with the police, but that doesn't mean that the police are bad, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then, you know, not believing things. Um, you know, telling, uh, I'm a dog. Yeah, yeah, right. You are, you are. Yeah. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, um, I'm kind of getting into the second question, but yeah, but that's the answer to my first, my, my first question. I won't skip ahead because I could just like, (laughs) I like to talk as you can tell. So yeah, that's my first thing. Prejudice and not believe for my first answer. Well, you took this in a totally different way than than I would, because I mean, I and I'm, I'm not saying that there's right or wrong answers, because there is no right or wrong answer. But you're you're really making me think, because the the well, first of all, the prejudice. Fred McMurray played a post postal. I mean, that is one of the most cliched parts of being a postal worker is that you hate dogs and. I've got a 93-pound, no, I got a 93-pound German Shepherd pit mix that is the sweetest thing to anybody in anything, as long as it doesn't have four legs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, yeah, he had a bad experience, and that was what he always referred back to, because he referred to it at the very beginning when Wilby, or not Wilby, Moochie started asking for a dog, yeah. and he's like, well. You remember that one time when I was walking down and blah, 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 and I started swelling up? And then as the movie progresses and Welby's actually in there as a dog, he's starting to realize that there's a dog around because my throat's swelling up and things like that. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately in life, prejudice doesn't go away like that. It do, it isn't something that you just turn off. Yeah, I and, can and see I, that. And I hate to see that. And I hate to say that, but if 
only things were as easy as it was in a Disney movie, and you have one positive experience, and suddenly the whole world's a totally different place. Although, when, when he came around and accepted, like, the dog from a theatrical, from an actress, from, from an actor, because I've been a professional actor, um, I've done that. That whole moment right there was just not believable. Like, as far as, like, if I was the director, I would be like, what? What? Where, where did this come from? How did it evolve? Like, just, I don't know. I kind of feel like when they got to that part of the movie, that they kind of either were on a time crunch and had to just, like, kind of, like, end it quickly because I wanted them to spend more time on him, like, realizing that his son was actually a dog. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm being too... Uh, getting too into the theatrics of it and the acting and the directing. But to me, that was the one place where I was like, um, you know, I mean, I know it's it's an older film and stuff, but it was just one of those things that, I don't know, it just happened too quickly for me in the movie. Well, and that might just go back to the fact that they were trying to give you a quote-unquote happily ever after. Yeah. Like, like with every other Disney movie, you have to do A, B, C, and then D will happen, and we all live happily ever after. Yes. So that's that's going to be my no prize for that. But, yeah, I agree that the fact that he just turned off what seems to have been years of hardcore prejudice just because a dog saved his life. Yeah. Which, I mean, who, who, am, who am I to say? That, that might be... How things work, we might need more dogs. Mm. And everything will be better. Just send three billion of them over to the Middle East, and everything will work out. Exactly. But I, I do want to say something about Fred's acting in another section. Okay. When when Moochie, since I kind of like said, oh, he wasn't believable when he like accepted the dog. Um, and I, I don't know if you noticed this, but um, that's why it's kind of fun to to do a podcast with people that have different backgrounds because you get totally like different perspectives mm-hmm. um different things when moochie was saying oh no my 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 and he was denying all that stuff mm-hmm. and he was like moochie and then he said again moochie moochie it's like it wasn't the same expression and the same tone and timbre in his voice it like it grew and it kind of like you know it intensified 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 and i really like that like that was that struck me i was like whoa i could see his character building and like you know his subtext what was going on in his in his head as an actor and that was a really believable moment for me you know just the way his voice sounded and the expression in his eyes and stuff like that mm-hmm. it wasn't just like flat line like it actually built up and so um I, that was an, uh, an acting moment that I really liked. Now, as far as the people not believing, there was a ton of that. Because you had, well, first of all, you had the psychiatrist not believing all that the dad had to say. Yeah. You had the cop not believing that his cohort had actually seen a dog three or four different times doing human thing. And, I mean, it... And then the only person that believed through the whole movie, which kind of goes to the faith of a child, was because once he heard his brother's voice coming out of the dog, he just wants to keep him instantly. Which I mean, if you if you want a dog, 
There's no easier way to, to get a dog than if your brother's one. And there was no there was no question. Like he didn't question it like, well, I mean, he might have asked. I can't remember. Well, how did it happen? But he just accepted it. Yeah. And if you think about that, I think that this world would be um, a lot better um, in some respects if people, you know, would just like accept some things. I mean, I'm not saying accept everything that you see in the world, mm -hmm. but like you said, the innocence of a child, you know, that that um, – you know, I, I think that that's I think that that's lacking in our society today. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, that, that makes totals. And I mean, I'm my wife and I are going to a small group where we're watching the Christian show The Chosen. And I don't yes, know if you've heard I, of it. Yeah, I have heard about it. My uh, friend, um, one of my best friends said, oh, you know, you should, uh, you know, uh, watch that one. And um yeah, I mean, totally, because I'm totally with you, you know, where uh, where uh, your faith is. And, you know, yeah. with Icky, I'm a, you know, I'm a Bible-believing, Christian, conservative person. That So it was just, it was interesting for me to see this and for me to, because there's something else when we get to the second question. <laughs> and um, I was like, should I mention this? But it's really it's it reminded me of something. So, uh, yeah, I heard that movie is awesome. Well, there is an episode where it deals specifically with a group of I want to say seven or eight children, and they're actually sitting learning at the feet of Jesus as they're working with him for him. And I mean, it it all goes back to your. It goes back to your faith and what you actually believe in. And yeah. the, and one of the kids actually asks, well, what if people don't like you? And he's like, well, some of them won't. And mm -hmm. just let it just let it end at that. So, yeah. I mean, the and I don't even know why I'm why I brought that up, except for the faith of the children and yeah, and, be, and becoming more like them, which. I mean, unfortunately, it is, it's very Disney to wrap things up with a nice little tidy bow and pat it on the back and say, go out into the world and change lives, which, yeah. I mean, with some of the movies that you get, you don't get that. But for the most part, everything ends with a happily ever after. And I mean, even to a lesser extent, the old Yeller did that because it was even after the heart-rending having to put don't the dog down. Well, oh, don't spoil. It. Okay. Well, it's it's based if you if you want to go through the heart heartache, yeah, that it's based on a book. So I'll just I'll leave it at that. Okay. But I I don't and I don't know if the book ends the way that the movie does. But even with that, after what happens happened, there's still a little. We're gonna put a nice tiny happy little bow on it as the movie ends. Well, the Shaggy Dog was actually based on a book as well. Yes. I saw that at the end of the movie, but I didn't, I was going to rewind it and figure out what, try to see it again, but I didn't have a chance to do that. But um, I thought that that was interesting that it was, you know, based on a book. I mean, many a Disney movie is yes. based on a book. 
So. Yes, it was it was based on the Hound of Florence. Yes, the Hound of Florence. So that may be someone's homework to go ahead and read that and give us a um, book report to tell us how it differs from the Shaggy Dog. I I, I might do that. I sometimes that might be a a cool book to read. Yeah, the Hound of Florence. I have to remember that. Yes. Okay. Well, it is getting late here on the East Coast, and I know you're on the East Coast too, so let's go ahead and jump to the second question, which is, is this movie mirrored in culture? And I'll go ahead and start this one, and then I'll let you handle oh. it. The, the plain and simple answer to this is no, because you until the very end, you don't see any kind of acceptance of anything. And, I mean, this was during the height of the Cold War, so you had Cold War tension, so that wasn't, that's something that doesn't exist anymore to the extent, because it is still out there with Putin, but we won't, this isn't a political podcast, so we're definitely not going to go down that four-hour rabbit hole. But the, the actual, the short and simple answer is no. This one does not get reflected in my eyes, and you're probably going to completely counterpoint me and give me 38 points where it does well my first well i actually have a no and yes okay. and so no no my bullet points were manners the manners that those people had the uh, the manners that the kids had the um, respect for the parents um even like the style of dancing at the country club like you know i've i've uh supervised uh you know Middle school dances and high school proms and mm -mm. so the style of dancing, no. The women's role, cooking with a dress, the fancy table setting, and the country club dance. Now I'm sure people still do that, but I'm like, mm, that's no, you know. Most people, you know, were were uh, you know were uh, a lot of people I know, you know, your middle class, you know, paycheck to paycheck, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Now. Yes. Now this might just, I, I'm curious to get your reaction on this. So, um, I said yes because of identity issue. Now, oh God. this is, this is what, now, okay, but, okay, so, I, I'm not gonna bring in my, my political or my religious beliefs on any of this, but when I saw him trying to, what I say, come out to his dad, mm -hmm. and his dad, reading the newspaper and not even really paying attention um you know yeah yeah what well, dad i have something to tell you um i hope you're not going to be upset with me i hope you're still going to love me blah, blah blah like that just reminded me for those people in our society that are in a position like that you know it kind of reminded me oh you know i wonder you know what goes through their mind as far as accepting and all of that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and then, you know, he faints, but then he eventually believes or accepts his son. And so, you know, there are lots of different uh, situations where, you know, uh, people that have a, a different, um, you know, the LB, LBGTQ, all that stuff that I said, you know, they the come alphabet. out accepted. Some of them are um, not. Yeah. So, you know, that that just that little moment there just kind of struck me, especially when he said, well, 
I, I don't remember exactly, but kind of like, I hope you're not going to be upset. You might really be upset. And then his dad um, was reading the newspaper and kind of very flippantly <laughs> said, oh, no, you know, whatever you tell me, because I love you. You're my son. Mm-hmm. And I like, ding, 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 that went off. And then the other thing that I said that it reminded me of for in culture is the word whistleblowers. Oh, God. Moochie, Moochie was a whistleblower in, in some, in some, in some ways. But of course, people were not believing him. But then it came out to be true. And then also, too, the other thing, the other word I wrote down was scandal. Not that I'm coming back to any political things, but scandals because they didn't believe this guy that they were trying to do this thing with the, you know, with the um, with the missile and all mm-hmm. of that. So, you know, my three things for yes was identity issues, um, whistleblowers, and scandals. So, how, how does that? You're probably going, oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to know your opinion about that. You have watched this movie with a very much finer tooth comb than, than probably anybody that I know, and I love you because it's oh because it's it's the it's the that's why we do this because it gives us different opinion and I mean yeah. where where yeah. we where we where we're on the same lines you see something that I didn't even especially mm-hmm. with the whistleblowers and with the because i mean it's those are two things that are in today's culture because you can't pick up the paper pretty much without hearing something about a major scandal because of somebody blowing the whistle and then they get fired and then suddenly they own the company because they they didn't do things right yeah so to speak and you know when i when i was doing that i was i mean i i was like is this a stretch? Is it a stretch? Because I was no. like, there's there's got to be a way that it, you know, fits into society or that it mirrors that. And it it kind of reminds me, um, I was thinking, you know, this would be a very interesting, um, you know, class in, in college. Yeah. You know, in like in a humanities, you know, in a humanities elective. Because it is really interesting to, to, to see that. History does repeat itself. Yeah. You know? And um, so it's, you know, and it's interesting, too, that the whistleblower, blower Moochie, um, was a child, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's obviously whistleblowers, you know, or adults from things, you know, that we're talking about. But, um, yeah, that was just kind of interesting, you know? But speaking of being a child and whistleblowing, Getting back to when he was denying his dad, that was a surprise for me. And the plot, that took me by surprise. I was just like, what, what are you doing, child? Why are you throwing your dad under the bus? <laughs> I was like, stop, stop. And, um, you know, it was just very, uh, so there were a couple moments, you know, that like, oh, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. Yeah. So. Well, once again, that's that's why we do this is to bring different opinions. Because I mean, Icky and I we're like two slices of white bread, and then you're a third slice of white bread, but you got a little bit of rye thrown in on you because you got <laughs> you got got a little you got a little different perspective on it, so to speak. And I hate rye bread, but but I like your analogy. <laughs> All right. 
Well, let's go ahead and uh, jump on to the third question. Does How does this fit into today's society? And I'll start it. The The fact and the way that Icky and I look at look at these is is this reflected anywhere in Disney? And I hate to say it, but no, I don't. I I don't ever remember seeing even a Shaggy Dog T-shirt or a Shaggy Dog sweatshirt or a hat. So it's not something that you can look at and say, "Hey, that guy's wearing that hat that Moochie was wearing," or whatever. I mean, even with yeah. Davy Crockett, you had the you still have the coonskin caps, but you don't have that with yeah. with this. Now, but, if Disney started selling those little uh, rugs that you make, you know, the kind that you put that little piece of yarn in with this, this little fish hook and you like mm-hmm. pull it through onto a um, uh, you know, and you make something, that's what the the that. But Disney doesn't have any of those um, arts and craft projects, so. You're right. It doesn't. You know what I'm talking about? The kind yeah. of rug. Yeah, I know. Craft bra. Knit one, pearl so, two, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're you're right. Um, as far as that, but you know, it. This would be a good if you wanted to do. Um, if you go to Disney at Halloween, it could be a really easy costume because all you got to do is like wear normal clothes, just paint like you know, put eyeliner or whatever on your nose, and then just go and get some fun fur at the store and just cut it in swatches and just like um, safety pin it to your clothes and stick a piece of your hair and stuff. And then, you know, <laughs> I may have to do that this, this Halloween, even if I don't go to do just because yeah. that, that that's his, that's his, and as inexpensive as it comes and people will be like, what are you? The shaggy dog. Yeah. And your son, you can make a little book that says how to train a dog. Yes. And you can, you know, yeah. have him carry that book. Well, Obviously, you didn't take that third question as what I just. So I know you've probably got four pages of notes. No, actually, it's it's pretty much a repeat. Um, I just again, I just wrote whistleblowers will be people doing bad things, spies, scandals, hate for others, not accepting of others. So basically, my answer to that was. Um, you know, pretty much the answers to questions number one and two combined. But now, when how does it fit into today's society? Um, I like how you, uh, you know, is it mirrored in Disney? Mm-hmm. Do you see it, you know, in Disney? Um, and, uh, you know, the only thing that would kind of come into my mind, and this might be a stretch, but, <laughs> you know, you think about Toy Story, you know? And, um, you know, maybe in some of the things there, there might be, you know, a doll or something like that that has like a couple pieces of that funky yarn. You know, you might be able to see something, you know, in the background of Toy Story. But that, that's that's the only stretch I can see where the shaggy dog, you know, might. I'm with you. So so for for the one question, we actually did come up with the same answer. Which one was that? The that third was. one. The third one. We oh, really, the they're really. Yes. <laughs> it is getting like, no, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. But that's good. This was uh, uh, the first time I did this and I was a little nervous going, mm, what am I going to say? Does this make any sense? Um, but. You did, uh, you did perfectly for your debut 
on a podcast. Well, thank you. And it was a it was a lot of fun. I do like to talk, so I apologize if I interrupted you at any at any points with any of your thoughts. But um, this was really uh, this was really interesting. I, now I need to go read about the bourgeois or bougie or whatever it is. The bougie. Bougie. <laughs> All right. Well, it is getting late and we are both getting silly. So before this completely derails, <laughs> why don't why don't you pimp what you do for fun? Your website or YouTube, oh. or TikTok or Instagram uh, or well, whatever. Um, I do. Um, it's called Disney Girl, and there's not a lot of um videos up there, because uh, some of them are raw. Or it's just me posting a video and then my 19-year-old daughter was like, let me make an intro for you. And so I have like an intro and a, all that. But then she never showed me how to make it. So I'm like, I can't put it into videos that I did. But I did do something. And I am just going to post these raw videos. Okay? But I'm going to plug it and tell me what you think. Because I've already started it. <laughs> I did – um. I'm doing Rides at the Magic Kingdom in alphabetical order. Oh, my. I looked up all of them. So I'm going back and forth, back and forth. And um, I've got bad knees so I can get a DAS pass because I have a little walker that I walk with sometimes if my knees are bothering me. But so far, um, I would take a picture in front of the ride, and I would actually do a little video of the ride. Now, when I got to Big Thunder Mountain, I couldn't do that because, you know, you got to hold on to your caps and glasses, you know, because it's the wildest ride in the wilderness. So I got a little video, I think, before or after. But I want to put those on and try to put it under, you know, Magic Kingdom Rides, hashtag Magic Kingdom Rides. And it's just a little snippet of the ride. Um the one that I'm ready to go on next time I go back is going to be um, uh, the Jungle Cruise. And I only do this when I'm at the park and my husband and son are there because I go off by myself. My husband and I just did a Disney date, and I said, look, I'm not going to subject you to my crazy, you know, um, uh, ABC, you know, rides through Disney. <laughs> Um, but it's very interesting because two of my favorite rides are actually at the, the last two on the list. Why? Because the full title is Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room and Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. Yes. So I'm going, I'm going by – those are my two favorites. Now, here's, here's a trivia for you, Dan. What do you think is the first ride on the list? And I'll tell you. It's not Astro Orbiter. Think about grammar. Small world. Yep, because it's in quotes. It's a small world. So, and 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 two more quick things, and then I promise I'll be quiet. <laughs> I am going to do something called, I want to do something when I have some time, called Disney in the Details. And I want to go around because I love looking at the Disney trash cans. Because if you look closely, the font on the different trash cans that say recycle, they reflect the land. I also, Disney in the details, the benches and the light posts, any place you look. And so it's the really, really small details, like the font on the trash cans, the way the lamps, the lamp posts are, 
Um, you know, some things are more obvious, obviously the pavement, you know, how, you know, it's more obvious in like, um, in different parts of the park, uh, you know, trying to, you know, emulate the land and the theme, but Disney does a lot of things in detail. And I don't think that people realize those. And I always notice them, but that's the magic of it because I, I don't think normal people are supposed to, to, pick up on that just the disney geeks like me because that's why it's so immersive and so magical well, so that's I, kind of i definitely think you've got something there with both of those the alphabetical ride will will be something that i'm going to be looking forward to so now that you've put me on to it you definitely have to do it i have i mean i have some of the videos i'm just going to put it raw out there hey you know? nothing wrong with raw you know Disney in the raw. So. There you go. Wait, that's something totally different that we can't I do on a, on a YouTube channel. Oh, I know. Okay, but if people would like to see the Disney in the raw or the Disney in the details, how do they spell your name again? It's um, D-I-Z-Z-N-E-Y um, and then space and then girl, just G-I-R-L. Okay. So Disney girl. And uh, now that I've announced it that I'm going to do that, I just have to, like, start doing it. Sometimes I want to try to do it so perfectly where I go to, like, this trash can and then I do all the trash cans. But you know what? I'm just going to – when I, I'm inspired, I'm just going to say, hey, here's some details. Mm -hmm. Instead of just doing all the trash cans, I'm just going to do it as I see it, you know? That, that works. All right. Well, there you have it. We are going to put this one to bed because it is very late, and I want to thank you, Stacy, for coming on. We will be regrouping and doing another one sooner than most people would think, and then after that, we'll start talking about what your favorite Disney movies are, and we might have you on when Icky and I get back to two-man show as like a third party who has a vested interest in the actual movie. Okay, cool. I would love to. I'm very honored. To be a part of your podcast. Well, hey, we appreciate we appreciate you taking out taking your time because everybody's time is valuable nowadays. As I am learning more and more with a five, almost six month old. So that is going to do it for tonight. If you like what you heard, rate us, review us, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everybody that you know. Leave us a message on the email that's going to be in the outro. And until the next time we talk. Stay hungry, stay safe, and watch out for the commie spies. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. DMP stands for Disney Movie Podcast. Once again, thank you for listening, and have a wonderful day. In Canis Corporate Transmute It's a transmute and away we go with the dosey dope.
Wait a minute. What's going on here? Stop. Await somebody, whoever you are. I was just kidding. Wilby. Wilby, come on now. It's getting late. Okay, Pop. You catching a cold? Your mother told you to wear a sweater down here. Sweater? I've got a sweater. Well, come on up now. <laughs> <laughs> 